हेलो एवरीवन सो हेयर इज द लास्ट गर्ल बाय नाबिया मुराद पार्ट वन चैप्टर टेन आई होप यू आर गोइंग टू लाइक इट सो पार्ट वन विल बी कंप्लीटेड टुडे एंड टुमारो वी विल स्टार्ट पार्ट टू एंड पार्ट टू आई थिंक पार्ट टू इज आल्सो एज टेन चैप्टर्स आई थिंक सो फर्स्ट टाइम वी विल कम्प्लीट दिस चैप्टर टेन लास्ट चैप्टर ऑफ पार्ट वन For the first time since August 3, Kocho's roads and alleyways were full of people, but they were ghosts of themselves. No one greeted anyone or kissed each other on the cheeks or the top of the head as usual. No one smiled. The stench of all our bodies, unwashed and wet, with sweat, stung my nostrils. The only sounds were people groaning in the heat and the shouts of the Islamic State militants who had taken positions along the route and on rooftops watching us and pushing us in the direction of the school. Their faces were covered up to their eyes which followed us on our slow labored walk. I walked with Dimal and Ilyas. I did not cling to them. but having them nearby made me feel less alone as long as i was with my family and we were all going to the same place i knew that at least we would have the same fate no matter what happened still leaving my home for no reason except fear was the hardest thing i had ever done we did not say a word to one another as we walked in the alleyway beside our house one of elias friends a man named amar ran up to us he was a new father and he was panicked i forgot baby formula he shouted i need to go back home he was jumpy ready to run as fast as he could against the tide of people Elias put his hand on Amar's shoulder. It is impossible, he told him. Your house is too far away. Just go to the school. People will have formula. Amar nodded and fell back in line with the others walking in the direction of the school. We saw more militants where the alleyways emptied into the main road. They watched us holding their guns ready. Just looking at them terrified us. Women put on head scarves as though the scarves would protect them from the militants' gaze and looked down as they walked, watching the small puffs of dry dust collect around their feet with each step. I moved quickly to the other side of Elias, putting my eldest brother between me and ISIS. People walked as if they had no control over their movements or direction. They looked like bodies without souls. Every house on that walk was familiar. The daughter of the village doctor lived along the way, as did two girls from my class at school. One of them had been taken on August 3 when ISIS first came to Sinjar and her family tried to escape. I wondered what had happened to her. Some of the homes were long and made of mud bricks like ours while others were concrete like Hesnes. Most were whitewashed or left gray, but some were painted bright colors or decorated with elaborate tiles. Those homes would have taken a lifetime or two to pay for and build and their owners expected their children and grandchildren to live there long after they died. Then give the house to their children and grandchildren. Kocho's houses were always full of people, loud and crowded and happy. Now they sat empty and sad, watching us as we walked. Livestock ate absent-mindedly in the courtyards, and sheepdogs barked helplessly from behind the gates. An elderly couple near us was struggling to walk. 
and they stopped on the side of the road to rest. Immediately, a militant barked at them, keep going, no stopping, but the man seemed too exhausted to hear. He fell onto the road beneath a tree, his skinny body fitting into the small amount of shade. I won't make it to the mountain, he told his wife, who begged him to stand up. Just leave me here in this shed. I want to die here. No, you have to keep going. His wife propped him up under his shoulder and he leaned on her as they continued walking her body like a crutch. We are almost there. The sight of that old couple moving slowly toward the school made me so angry that suddenly all my fear went away. Breaking free from the crowd, I ran toward a house where a militant stood guard on the roof and threw my head back, spitting at him with all the force I could muster. In Yazidi culture, spitting is unacceptable, and in my family, it was one of the worst things you could do. Even though I was too far away from the militant for my spit to land on him, I wanted him to know how much I hated him. You bitch! The militant rocked back onto his heels and began shouting down at me. He looked as if he wanted to jump off the roof and grab me. We are here to help you. I felt Ilya's hand on my elbow pulling me back into the crowd. Keep walking, Dima said in a loud, terrified whisper. Why did you do that? They will kill us. My brothers and sisters were furious, and Ilyas held me tightly to him, trying to hide me from the militant who was still screaming at us. I'm sorry, I whispered, but I was lying. The only thing I regretted was that the militant had been too far away for me to spit directly onto his face. In the distance, we could see the mountain, long and narrow and bone dry in the summer. It was our only source of hope. It seemed to me divine that Mount Sinzer existed at all. Although Sinzer was flat, practically a desert for most of the year, but there in the middle was Mount Sinzer, with its man-made steps green with tobacco, plateaus good for a picnic, and peaks high enough to be in the clouds and covered in snow in the winter time. At the very top, perched on the edge of a terrifying cliff, is a small white temple rising out of the clouds. If we could get there, we could worship at the temple, hide in the mountain villages, maybe even bring our sheep to feed on its grass. In spite of my fear, I still expected that we would end up at Mount Sinzer. It seemed like the mountain existed in Iraq only to help Yazidis. I could not think of another purpose. There was so much I did not know as I walked with my village to the school. I did not know that Lalish had been evacuated of everyone but our holiest priest and was being guarded by temple servants, men and boys who went there to scrub the floors and light the olive oil lamps. They were now defending the temple using whatever weapons they could find. I did not know that in Istanbul. Naif Jasso was frantically calling Arab fans to find out what was going on and that in America, Yazidis were still pleading with the leaders in Washington and Baghdad. People all over the world were trying to help us and they were failing. I did not know yet that 150 miles away in Zako, Hasni would hear about what was happening in Kocho and lose his mind sprinting from our aunt's house toward a well 
where our family members would have to restrain him to keep him from drowning himself. My brother would call Elias' phone constantly for two days after letting it ring and ring until one day it just stopped. I did not know how much ISIS hated us and what they were capable of doing. As scared as we all were, I don't think any of us on that walk could have predicted how viciously they would treat us. But while we were walking, they had already started to carry out their genocide. Outside one of our villages in North Sinzer, a Yazidi woman lived in a small mud brick shed next to the highway. She was not very old, but she looked as if she had lived for hundreds of years because she had spent most of her adult life deep in grief. Her skin was translucent because she rarely went outside and deep lines rounded her eyes which were cloudy from years of weeping. Decades earlier, all her sons as well as her husband had died fighting in the Iran-Iraq war and after that she saw no point, no point in trying to live her old life. She moved from her house to the mud brick shed and would not let anyone inside for long. Every day a villager stopped to leave her food or clothing. They could not get near her but she must have eaten the food because she stayed alive and the clothes disappeared too. She was alone and she was lonely and every moment she thought about the family she had lost but at least she was alive. When ISIS came to Sinzer and found her outside of the village and unwilling to move, they went into her room and set her on fire. Thank you for joining me. Uh, yeah, this is small. <laughs> I hope you like it.